don't. It's nine oh six in the morning. Okay, uh, we would always joke about this with Mike Maleg and the Tulsa Drillers. The game isn't until seven o'clock tonight. Save your call to Josh. Save your Air Comfort Solutions text. Save your call to the ticket office or to softball until at the very least, like four o'clock. I mean, no one's going to decide anything in the next hour. You're not going to, well, game's been canceled. Well, I need to know by 10 a.m. I mean, trust me, I know there's some a-holes out there. I get it. And that's fine. Be you. But I guess my point more than anything else is just, just be a little patient. I'm incredibly impatient. I want to get to this game tonight. I want to get it going. Um, I have zero concerns about whether or not this game will be played. How's that? At at 9.07 this morning. I better check my phone real quick. Okay. <laughs> I have zero concerns about the ability of this game to be played tonight. It happens. And now, unless it starts pouring at 7 o'clock, I, it's been my understanding over the last seven years that, I mean, there's certain amounts of rains that you're not going to be able to overcome. Like, literally... If it was a flash flood warning right over Marina Hines Field for the better part of 24 hours straight, then that might be a problem. But I feel good about it being played tonight. So Josh Helmer, who is standing by in the Brown O'Haver studios, I don't know if that would help preclude any of the calls or texts or tweets to the show today. And I don't think that I have the power to stop anyone that wants to call and ask about a game and whether or not it's going to be played. And I'm willing to bet that I get about five or six text messages from friends during the show today with the, hey, what do you think about the game tonight? Um, But to me, it's – and let's add this. It's in a national TV window. It's a big freaking deal for both of these schools. So they're going to find every way to try to play it. And I'm – I don't want to get too carried away with with confidence, but I am like 100% confident this game gets played tonight. Now, that could be the great now, – now, let's give the caveat to that, Josh, which is I have been terrible, terrible in predicting the weather around games and start times. And there's been a couple of times where very high-placed sources would say, yeah, I think it's unlikely that we're going to do this or I think there's a chance this team's going to come in. And then I mentioned something, and nothing happens. So it's not as if I'm just making it up. But I've decided to go with just making it up because I think I have that much success just making it up than talking to people in the know. So I feel confident. I think we play tonight. There is no concern based on the rain that we've had so far. Now, Josh, how do you feel? Well, I feel optimistic listening to – your thoughts there. I'm hoping we play the national TV window. I do think factors in a little bit here. Can I just point? I, I think it's really, really cool that this has worked out the way that it has, where there is this open window on a Thursday night. But how can the NBA let this happen? And and I, listen, I'm not saying to hold back Bedlam, but th- have you looked at the NBA playoff schedule? for the next three days. Do you realize that the two teams that played are the four teams, the two games, 
They'll play before the teams that played their game two on Tuesday night will play. So to, tonight, there's not a single basketball game. There's no NBA playoff game. And all the hockey is on TNT and TBS. So tonight, no basketball. Tomorrow, you'll get game three in Dallas between the Suns and the Mavericks. And you get game three in Philadelphia between the Sixers and the Heat. You don't get game three in Milwaukee between the Bucks and the Celtics until Saturday. And the same goes for Memphis and Golden State. Josh, how does that happen? And why does that happen? And should I even be trying to make sense of it? It seems like maybe, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm trying to come up with a good reason for you. <laughs> that maybe those are those are the series that the NBA feels like are the two best ones. Right. And so they, they wanted it on Saturday on ABC. Maybe. Maybe so. I just, it seems to me to give both of those teams in that series a little bit of an advantage. You get an extra day rest, and I'm sure at some point it evens out and they probably have to turn around and play. I haven't gone that in-depth on it, and I I think the NBA is still kind of massaging some of its start times. But I, And by the way, for years ESPN had trained us to have Friday night once the football season is done be an NBA night, and then they constantly change that too. So it... It, it makes no sense. And I, I would say this, uh, my buddy Kyle Walton, who it's good to hear from him, says uh, today's a travel day, two days off in between. It's been that way for so long. But it's also a travel day for Philadelphia and and Miami. It's also a travel day for Phoenix and Dallas. Um, why, why is – I keep wanting to say Minnesota because I was so sure Minnesota was going to win that series – why is Memphis Golden State and why is Boston Milwaukee, why are they getting an extra day for travel? Shouldn't they be playing tonight? I'm not complaining. It's just dumb. There's no I love it because it's opened up a window and we get Bedlam softball on national TV, which it should always be on national TV. Period. But No, it doesn't make sense why the yeah. Celtics and Bucks and the Grizzlies and Warriors have three days off in between and <laughs> then you've got one day off in between for the other two series. Uh, yeah, that's weird. I, I, I don't have any defense. Anyway, I'll take it because it's opened up a window for Oklahoma and Oklahoma State tonight. Now, if, if you were listening yesterday at this time, Grace Lyons was on with us, and she was fantastic. She had some uh, really good insight on Oklahoma State that we'll share in just a bit. During the Big 12 show yesterday, I had a chance to go one-on-one with Kenny Gajewski, and there were – Two things that really stood out. Number one, uh, his philosophy when things went south. Oklahoma State had a pretty tough start to the season and has had a couple of head-scratching losses. They had no business losing to UTA, and they uh, and they lost him. They really, I mean, honestly, uh, I- Iowa State, they, they had no business losing to them, but they did, and they were in probably tighter-than-you-should-be games with Kansas at times. But... It was interesting to hear Kenny Gajewski talk about how he tried to adjust things. And then in that, where they are with the battle to try to get um, get one of their star pitchers, Miranda Ellis, where she can play. So coming up on the show today, we'll hear a little bit more from Grace. 
I've got Kenny Gajewski from yesterday, and obviously Patty Gasso had her meeting with the media, and we haven't shared any of that on the program over the last couple of days. So we'll do that. Uh, it, as we mentioned, it's been nonstop rain, so Gary Cavins is going to join us. We're here at Cavins Construction coming up at the bottom of this hour. We'll talk about water remediation. We'll talk about your roofing concerns. It's all, it's all a part of what Cavins can do to help protect your home and your business and your family. So Gary's going to come in at 930. But, Josh, when we come back, I want to hit on what I think is a massive day in the sport of college football. And I know, I feel like that we've we've had this act before, but Greg Sankey and George Klyvkoff are going to try to accomplish what the NCAA couldn't. And if they do, we may finally have a solid set of rules for NIL. If they don't, I don't know what that next step is. So let's get after it. We'll also hear, when we come back, from Mark Walker, who is a a congressman out of North Carolina, who is in on the ground floor of trying to come up with legislation to help govern NIL, only, only for the NCAA to pretty much just basically scoff at any of his ideas. Are we making too much of it? Is it not as big of a problem as maybe some are trying to make it out to be? Or is it a bigger problem than we even want to admit? We'll dive into it next on game day for Bedlam. Big 12 softball championship we decided in Norman this week. And we'll be all over it right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Yeah, uh, Dr. Susan Walden has hit us up on Twitter. She tweets and says, I live about a mile and a half from Rita Hines as the cards fly. Do you know, a quick little sidebar. I have been told that a lot by my neighbor, as it, and he always says, as the bird flies, or as the crow flies, is his saying. Wes, he's like, you know, we're like five minutes from the stadium as the crow flies. And I'll look, and I'm like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know what that means. But I guess it just basically means a bird could fly there, and that's how quickly it would take him to get there. Yeah, dude, you're like two minutes from the stadium as the crow flies. I'm like, great, can I get on that crow's back and get over there in two minutes so I don't have to go across this bridge and fight stupid traffic? Um, Susan writes, no doubt the field can handle four inches of rain over the last three days. Home run village and especially parking in the big field, maybe not so great. Bring chairs, not blankets, or a tarp for home run village. Dude, it's going to be so fun. I I don't know with the rain how tonight's going to go, but I think tomorrow night and I think Saturday especially is going to be postseason-esque. It's the start of the postseason. It's our first home game of the postseason. You you are someone that has lamented bigger matchups, and I love the games. I love the Sooners, but, man, I'd love to see some bigger matchups during the season or more home games. Here you go. Doesn't get much bigger than this. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State tonight at 7 p.m. And, you know, I brought this up a little bit earlier, Josh, and um, got five minutes, yeah. I brought this up a little bit earlier, and I, I don't – I can't help but kind of laugh a little bit. But Kelly Maxwell, who's been fantastic this season, and John Barkfeld's done a really nice job with her, the Oklahoma State pitcher. She has faced Oklahoma twice. In six and a third innings, she's allowed seven earned runs, 11 hits, and has walked six. In two games, she has a 10-point 
3-3 ERA. Miranda Ellish, during her time in Austin, has pitched against the Sooners three times. In 16 and two-thirds of an inning, she's allowed 11 earned runs, 19 hits, and has a 6.11 ERA. So, to me, pretty good sign that regardless of who Oklahoma goes with as oh Oklahoma State goes with as the pitcher this this evening and this weekend, and if it's a situation where Miranda Ellish can or can't go, Oklahoma has had success. All right, before we get to today in college football, three minutes ago I noticed at Sooner AD, one joke is Tiglione, tweeted the lock emoji. Josh, would you read anything into that about maybe the rumors of third-tier meteorites? ESPN Plus, lock, lock it up, throw away the key? Maybe. Maybe. The reports are running rampant that Oklahoma is about to shift from Bally Sports to ESPN Plus. Several outlets uh, started reporting this last night. I don't know who we give proper credit to. The first person I saw was uh, Ryan Chapman from from Hoover's website, allsooners.com, and he works over on the the flagship. But I I think it sounds pretty cool. If you're going to a a spot with Bally's where – you know it's gonna it's gonna cost you even more than I I have no problem with this move. I also I also think if you're going to ESPN Plus and hear me out on this, Josh, it gives more opportunities for games at any point during the schedule for basically ESPN to say, "Ooh, we want that game. Let's go ahead. We want that game on ESPNU," and then not have to worry about contractual issues or anything of that nature. They've got a a crew that they have faith in. They've got Sooner Vision, ESPN, and they can they can pop the game on. So I I think even if you're not an ESPN plus subscriber, I think it's a really good thing what's happening right here. And I think that if all these reports are correct, I think it's something that Sooner fans are going to be very excited about. There's a, I mean, this is the new normal. When you go to the SEC, they're going to put things on SEC+. And this gives you a bit of a head start on it. I think it, at least if what's being reported is factual, I think it gives um, it gives us a chance to do a lot more games. Uh, I, I was, like I mentioned, I was texting earlier with Kyle Walton. I think you'd see a lot more volleyball games that are available at, the, at a click. I, I think you'll see a lot more... Soccer matches that are available just right at a click. Same thing with softball and baseball. I really, I think it opens up a lot on that front. And, you know, you're you're still in the Big 12. So over the next couple of years, you know, it allows you a chance to get all of these games on on ESPN Plus. So you're not having to buy 86 different subscriptions. You'll still have flow softball if you want the early season stuff. I'm afraid, but I don't know. I everything I've read about it seems pretty awesome, Josh. What do you think? Well, considering that I have ESPN Plus, that that helps 
my thought process out on it a lot. It does seem like this this will be a natural transition for Oklahoma into the SEC. ESPN, the rights that they're going to have of the conference. And for Sooner Vision, just in general, you know, it's it's been such a powerful third tier for Oklahoma. And the fact that it's got a home, a secure home, I think, is probably the most important part of this news. Um, I agree. I agree. And more than anything else, more than anything else, it looks like you'd be getting away from a pay-per-view game for football. Yep. But, bef- but before we do that, I want to I pause for a moment. Before you start talking about no more pay-per-view game, remember this. UFC... UFC has a massive contract with ESPN, and they put a lot of stuff on ESPN+. Plus, But they still do pay-per-view games on ESPN+. Plus. And all of these people from different walks of, of the SEC and other conferences that have scoffed at Oklahoma in the past, it might still be the future. And it sucks for us as fans. So I'm just telling you to hit pause on that. If if the, the the biggest the biggest thing that you take away from this is oh thank God no more pay per view game eh, not so fast my friend now I don't know I haven't talked to anyone I hope that's the case for the sake I think I think pay per view when you're already invested is a little bit frustrating right. I know that uh, TJ's mad because he pays for ESPN and he shouldn't have to pay for ESPN Plus. I tend to be of that mindset sometimes. But if, you're, if your sole party is no more pay-per-view game, listen, ESPN has done this with UFC. Peacock has done this with wrestling. There, you might have that subscription and even, even looking forward to what the future of the SEC network might be. Who's to say they don't slide that in every now and then with a couple of middle-of-the-road matchups. It's possible. Don't think it's likely. It's possible. All right. Um, are we going to get to that point, Josh? Are we, are we going to get to that point where inevitably your third-tier rights are enveloped in with the Big 12 or no? Or, or with the SEC or no? Is it always going to be a separate deal? Good question. You know, I – think that Oklahoma's been very successful with what they've done with Sooner Vision to where probably they'd like a little autonomy with their third-tier rights. But uh, obviously, if the SEC steps in and says that they'd like for things to maybe be different, that could that could sway your opinion. I'd say that Oklahoma probably stays in control of a lot of it. It, it seems like it, just reading what's happening with this deal, don't you think? You would think. You would think. That's the way that I feel. All right, um, 930. Can we get to this conversation about the future of college football and NIL when we come back? Because two commissioners from two commissioners from Power Five conferences that should be on opposite ends of the spectrum. 
have come together to try to fight the good fight. Will they win? We'll talk about it next. Save yourself any panic about will they play tonight for Bedlam? Going to play, barring a deluge of rain. Barring uh, a monsoon. They're going to do everything they can to get this game in tonight, and I'm here for it. He's Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. We'll get rolling with a little NIL talk next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. It's the Plank Show right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network on a busy day at Cavens Construction. We are joined by Gary Cavens. Wow. Um, it's a lot of rain, Gary. It's a lot of rain, <laughs> for sure. Um, craziness going on this we, week. We, we chatted a little bit with you, I believe, but on Monday on the show, and that was just kind of the start of things for for the madness outside that we've seen. Um, let's just to kind of take this step by step. Number one, what's the – What's the biggest thing you should be keeping an eye on? Let's start with homeowners, right? Um, I my my gutters are a mess right now, so that's going to cause problems. I got to do what I can to get the rain away or the water away from my house because if I don't, uh, you're here to help me. Number one, but number two, it can cause some major mold issues. That's right. You know, you want to make sure that you're not getting any uh, water intrusion into the home or your business. Uh, you know, things you can look for to see if you're getting water intrusion: wet carpet. Uh, wet sheetrock, discolored sheetrock, wet um, sheetrock on the ceiling, discolored sheetrock on the ceiling. Um, any of those kind of things will just be some some easy ways of seeing if you're getting some water intrusion. If you are, um, we need, you need hire you know somebody you can hire Cavens or another contractor. Come out there, figure out what's going on with the uh, why the water's getting in, what we can do to fix it, and we can help you with that. Um, and you know, and, and also uh, deal with any mold that might be growing because of the water intrusion. Uh, we can do mold testing or mold remediation, uh, whatever we need to do to do that. But if we do the mold testing and mold remediation and we don't solve the water intrusion issue, then the mold issue is just going to come right back, back, back out. So it's important to have all those steps completed um, upon getting the mold uh, removed. Business owners got to be careful too. I mean, you might you might have your... Um, so it's kind of funny because you have the picture of the Muskogee Public Schools uh, Center there that you helped build. And, you know, you look behind, you got all these places that you've helped, that you've helped make a part of. So you're big when it comes to construction, or, or excuse me, the uh, commercial construction side of things. But even those business owners need some help during a time like this, and that's where your maintenance crew comes in. Most definitely, most definitely. Our maintenance crew, our commercial maintenance crew does an outstanding job. Um, they, um, they're out there every day. We keep adding to the team, and we continue – to educate the team uh, with the weekly training, uh, but they're out there. They can help with uh, doors, uh, flooring, uh, cabinetry, uh, drywall painting, acoustical ceilings, uh, assembly of office furniture. Um, just the list goes on and on and on. Uh, but you know, if you have any issues around your business or anything you want to upgrade or anything like that, you know, our guys, our facilities maintenance team is outstanding and they do a great job and they can definitely help with that. What is okay? So take us through the process. Um, there's a business owner who realizes uh, I do need some help here. What's the first thing they should do whenever it comes to trying to get your help on the maintenance side of things? Trying to have Cavens be their maintenance guy. Uh, the first step is just give us a call. That's the most important thing. Give us a call. Uh, let us know you want to set up an account that you want us to help out with your maintenance, and we can. Then I'll call you back. I'll get you set up, and we'll go through everything. We we'll come out. We'll meet with you and talk about what your needs are and and uh, what what you're looking for, and see how we can help you. Man, I am. 
It's always wild whenever I come in here and there's a major issue that could affect a homeowner or a business because I see your crew in action. And it's literally, I mean, I'm, I'm blessed that I get about five minutes here with you because, Gary, it's it's head down and you guys are out there to, to help everyone because this can be a very challenging time for business owners and for, for homeowners whenever you have weather events like this. That's correct. And, you know, our ultimate goal is to keep the businesses up and running so the business owners can make make money. And um, at the end of the day, that's our goal, and that's what we try to do. And we try to, when we come in and do work, we try to be uh, at least abrasive as possible to help um, the businesses continue to run and keep keep bringing in profits. What, um, okay, let's talk about roof side of things. It's a lot of heavy rain. Maybe you start noticing, whoa, there's a leak here, there's a leak there. Uh, maybe you realize that your guttering is not doing the job it needs to do to get rain away from your house. Cavens is here to help. That's right. When you, you know, uh, let's say let's say situation where you have a roof leak. Roof leak can be a multiple different things. It can be an actual roof leak. It can be a guttering issue. It can be a siding issue. Um, we see a lot of times we see rotted siding that allows for water to come in. Um, you know, so there's a lot of different things. So that's why, you know, it's good just to call us, let us investigate the issue and see how we can help you. Um, whether, you know, and we're your one-stop shop and, and Chris does an outstanding job. And then when Chris gets overloaded, I step in and help him out. Chris never gets overloaded. That man's Mr. Positivity. I love it. You know what uh, else is my new favorite thing that Chris does is, uh, and, and I think some of your crew does this too on the social media side of things. You'll, you'll have the, the testimonials, and I love it. Whenever you see someone that's been happy with a job that you've done, you can read more of them at kvitzconstruction.com. And it's not just Norman or OKC. We've expanded to Tulsa and Dallas, and um, obviously this rain has been pretty nonstop in both of those areas too. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> yes, we're in, you know, we're in Tulsa. We're in Dallas. You know, however we can help you with our commercial maintenance, um, uh, roofing, um, and environmental water extraction, structural drawing, mold testing. Um, you know, we're your one-stop shop for all that kind of stuff, and we can help with you. Love it. Um, the best thing to do is to either log on to cavensconstruction.com or I always just give the, the 405-573-3048. In Tulsa, 918-282-7612, and in Dallas, 945-230-0234. You know, water extraction, if, if there's been maybe a door that was slightly ajar, I'm just trying to come up with little things that happened in my house. That's really good. Um, <laughs> You're there to help. That's right. We are. You know, like I said, like I keep saying, we're a one-stop shop. So commercial maintenance, uh, any issues with your business, just give us a call. We can help. We've been here. We've been doing this a long time. Um, you know, we, we're, we're really big on giving back to the community. We give a whole lot of money back to the community. So, you know, you're, you're working with a company that, you know, we give back. Uh, we take care of our community. And uh, we really enjoy working with our customers every day. You're the man. Thanks, Gary. I appreciate it. I know you're very busy. Anything else we want to make sure we hit on before you get out of here? Just no. call you with anything, right? Yeah, that's pretty much. I mean, if you have any uh, maintenance issues, plumbing, right. um, um, yeah, heating and air, electrical, any kind of issues, just give us a call. We can help you out on our facilities maintenance. Yeah, man. Thanks, Gary. We appreciate it. Gary Cavins from here at Cavins Construction. As I mentioned, we spend our Thursdays here and – Oof, what a week it's been. You need Gary to help you, 405-573-3048. Okay, so, Josh, am I making too much of today whenever I look at the um, the trip that Clive Koff and um, – why did I just blank on the SEC? Greg Sankey are making to DC. I know you and John talked about it on the Locked On Sooners podcast a little bit last night. Um, I, I filled in for Ben Maller, and 
and maybe a, a, a little bit over dramatic, but I think this could be a turning point in the history of college sports because today George Klyvkoff, the Pac-12 commissioner, and SEC commissioner Greg Sankey are going to meet with U.S. senators on Capitol Hill to fight for a congressional mandate to regulate what has evolved into the biggest issue in college sports right now, and that's NIL, and the funding of it, and how basically at least one of the two guardrails that they put up is just blatantly being ignored. They're, I would say, even though Clive Koff is still very much in the infancy of his time as the um, Pac-12 commissioner, but to team up with Sankey to encourage lawmakers to pass an NIL statute, I, I don't know, I think it's a pretty big deal. I think it's got a chance to make an impact. What do you think? Well, so many different angles to this. You know, speaking of alliances, how about the Pac-12 commish teaming up with the SEC commish? I thought it was supposed to be the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC. Uh, instead, right. Clive Koff's smart enough to realize, okay, the, the most powerful man in college football is Greg Sankey with the Southeastern Conference. So I think that given the history of Oklahoma and Texas defecting from the Big 12 to join the SEC and some hurt feelings, of course, that were out there, some uncertainty about the future of college football and how the relationships between maybe the Pac-12, Big Ten, ACC, how that would look like going forward uh, with the SEC, I think it's a pretty strong indication, at least from Clive Kopp, that, okay, we're going to have a working relationship on serious issues in college athletics. So I thought, you know, to me, whether or not they actually are successful in getting a congressional hearing, I mean, I think that is a really positive sign. The other thing, you know, coming off the Ross Dellinger report, the first one, not the report about these two commissioners seeking the congressional hearing, I told you yesterday, to me, when you have that many administrators that are talking about frustrations and there's issues with tampering and name image likeness has gotten out of control, there is going to, might not be straight away, but there's going to be change coming. And to me, this is just a further indication of that. Whether or not, again, there's a congressional hearing, I think this is the first, maybe the second sign that, okay, this thing's gotten a little out of control in a lot of powerful people's opinions. And not that they're going to totally eliminate it, but they are going to, they're going to definitely put some guardrails, some uh, hazards in place. I definitely think having the SEC involved makes all the difference in the world. And I don't know how strategic it was to have the SEC and the Pac-12. It, unless, you know, maybe Klyvkov and Sankey look at it and feel like they could work pretty well together on this, on making the case. I mean, it sure as heck seems to me it's going to be much more effective than if the AAC and the MEAC were trying to take up this fight. But, when hey, when we come back, look at me trying to stay on the clock today. I want to play what a, a Congressman Mark Walker, who's actually battling in a bid for re-election in North Carolina, what he had to say about the NCAA's role and how, in his mind, this is a problem that they've created by their lack of proactiveness. You ever – I used this analogy last night. You ever have a friend – and this could be for male and female, whom 
you realize they're going into a relationship where you just don't think it's going to work. You're like, hey, he or she is a crazy person. Okay, I'm just telling you right now. This is not going to work. And that person, oh, no, it's it, absolutely it's going to work. This is great. And then three months afterwards, it's not working. It's a disaster. It's terrible. And it's like, told you. I kind of feel like there's some of this right now with what I'm going to play you from Mark Walker. But it is interesting perspective whenever you consider why Congress might be slow to take up this fight. We'll play it for you next in the Plank Show. Back into the Plank Show right here on the ref. Uh, Kenny Gajewski talked in depth about Miranda Ellish and her injury yesterday and whether or not she's going to be a factor in this matchup this weekend. I'll play it for you coming up right after the top of the hour. Um, but but I am all in right now on this conversation about where we are and, and what's what's going to happen with the future of NIL. And today, George Klyvkoff and SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyvkoff, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, are meeting with U.S. Senators on Capitol Hill to fight for a congressional mandate to regulate what has evolved into the NCAA's latest festering problem. Those are Ross Dellinger's words, not mine. So, with that in mind, Josh Helmer, did you get those audio cuts I sent yet? I'm sorry, I just literally barely sent them. I'm fighting with my stupid adapter. They haven't come across yet, but I'm sure they will shortly. So anyway, Mark Walker is a senator in North Carolina. And here's part of the problem, I think, with asking for congressional help. And part of that problem currently resides in no one having any oversight. And the two basic rules have just been ignored. Completely and totally ignored. And I don't know where we go from here, but at the very least, I feel like there's been the acknowledgement that there is an issue. So I I guess if you haven't got these yet, I'm going to try to play. Oh, okay, okay. Um, We tried to help. Let's hit the we tried to help here. Because herein lies why I think it's hard sometimes, and, and in this instance, here's where it's hard basically to have the help you want from Congress because they're in a we-told-you-so situation. Meanwhile, now the conference commissioners are coming and saying we need help. Listen to Mark Walker and what he had to say about how they tried to help. Completely bluffing on their part. Never in, never had any intentions to come to the table because I will tell you in those meetings, and, and there will be phone calls, he refused to engage, uh, put his lawyers on there. And people have to realize that the NCAA is one of the more powerful lobbyist organizations in D.C. And there were members who were literally both sides who were afraid to put their names on the legislation. I think we got up close to 100 uh, co-sponsors on it because they would get direct phone calls uh, from some of these lobbyists by the NCAA. And these uh, were both sides of the aisle. And, and I felt, I, I believe that they felt like that they had the strength, even in D.C., to push back against resolving this, except what they didn't anticipate is that the public outcry that for the first time would begin to grow to the place of looking at this and say, listen, how can you justify a, a 20-year-old young man or young woman 
whose parents can't even afford to travel to the game, yet you're making millions of dollars on Saturday or, or college basketball or even the ones. The other point was uh, 40% of all these student athletes that didn't have access didn't receive a college college scholarship, yet Emmert was even refusing to budge on these folks to be able to go out and use their name. We never asked to use the college logo. We fully understand that. But to strip these young men and young women rights from being entrepreneurs to starting a YouTube channel to doing anything they could to help make ends meet was insane. And the fact that they were so unwilling to look at the the humanitarian aspect of this is something that that I just found atrocious, and we did everything we could to shine the light. Uh, I, I realized I had tapped into an incredibly powerful organization that even had D.C. roots even deeper than when I first realized when I arrived at Congress. So part of the problem there then, Josh, I think, is they want to spend so much time talking about, we told you this was going to happen, that it has to at some point adjust to, okay, 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 we know how to help. Here's what we're going to do. I, I, I just don't get it. I don't understand. It's like, okay, listen, you were right. There, there needed to be something that happened sooner. But it's not, not, it's not going to change anything. It's not going to change anything at all, nor will it ever. I will say this much. I will say this much. When it comes to trying to get help, it shows you how desperate that the college decision makers and power brokers are that they're sending people back to Congress. That, to me, is a major indicator of just how frustrated and maybe even to a larger extent concerned that they are when it comes to the future of this sport and NIL right now. Well, and basically what Mark Walker was just saying there was when the NCAA came to Congress, Mm -hmm. it was just public posturing. There was no sincerity behind it. Yep. That's true. All right. um, When we come back right here on The Ref, quick break, and uh, Kenny Gafsky talks about his pitching situation for the Bedlam game this – the Bedlam series this weekend right here on The Ref.